Hello, creeps. I'll be your ghost. I mean host. As we delve the crypts of spooky movies and even spookier theory. Welcome to Horror Vanguard. So good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a unexpected, super exciting bonus announcement. Uh, John and I were messing around with ancient demonic books, shining trapezohedrons, and Sam Raimi's collective filmography, and we got sucked into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, th- this is some some big, big news that necessitated kind of an, an emergency HV, uh, which is... Um, I want everyone out there in 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 listener land. Brace yourselves because because we've got a Marvel movie here, which is uh, which is officially not bad. <laughs> oh oh, hang on hang on a second. I'm I'm getting I'm getting a call. Yes y- yes Walt. Oh oh yeah. Okay, the check cleared. Okay. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is one of the most profound and moving emotional films I've ever seen. <laughs> like, a, like a star falling from heaven, this is the movie that could usher in a new era of peace for humanity. Go to Disney.com and purchase tickets today to the new Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Marketing... Some, I don't know, lost a bit. But yeah, it's exciting that this movie was good. <laughs> yeah, it's... It- it's just that it's just that meme conspiracy about George Soros controlling the left, but it's Walt Disney and it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, so okay, okay, let's let's pivot. Let's let's get let's get into this. Let's talk about what makes Doctor Strange and the Moneyverse of Madness good. Okay, okay. So my thesis is that this is not this is a good film. Pr- uh, it, precisely in spite of the fact that it's a Marvel film. Yes. Not because of it. The stuff that drags this movie down and makes it less interesting and and prevents it from like... I, I'll, I'll go rewatch the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure I'm going to rewatch this one anytime soon, if ever. You know, like, and I think that is because of like the, the Marvel Disney stuff in here is just an ankle weight. Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's there's huge amounts in here which um, I I would usually struggle to care about, and um, everything that detracts from it is is the baggage of being like st- another shambling limb on the abominable monster that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's it's not one of the things in the favor of Doctor Strange and the Mickey Verse of Madness is that it's not as as crushing as it usually is because usually in these movies like there'll be like a two second cutaway shot for every superhero wearing a new costume or holding a new weapon so we can get a new line of toys and in this movie all of that stuff was much more restrained it's a much more focused narrative like the the one the one thing that shocked me the most is like so far in all these marvel movies none of the villains have been villains have been compelling for me they're the the most kind of almost across the board they're just kind of like bland one-dimensional space bugs and like you know scarlet witch wanda was was a character with an agency that wanted something opposed to doctor strange who was a character with agency who wanted something and they're both kind of broken weirdos so the it was inherently interesting to watch two like 
people who are just severely damaged human beings with ultimate power trying to figure out their shit. Uh, yeah, precisely, which is what makes this what makes this a kind of fun Sam Raimi horror movie. Uh, what, what, yes. What makes what makes the villain like this is this is like this is this in a way is a classic horror movie trope, right? Which is uh, the the monstrous feminine, right? That's mm-hmm. that 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 is a kind of very old tradition in horror, and it doesn't necessarily have to be something you dismiss as kind of inherently reactionary, right? But like it it plays into the trope, but it understands what makes it work and why it is so consistently compelling for filmmakers. Um, motivations and antagonisms are both clear. And I think this film works best on the kind of micro level. On the macro level, I don't really care about it, which is why I, I like you, I probably won't ever rewatch it. But on the micro, mm-hmm. but on the micro level, in terms of like presentation of characters, how 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 char- how wonder especially is framed, shot, and presented, there is a huge like twenty minute section where it's like it's a classic horror movie. It's a ch- yep. it's a chase sequence, and it's done so well. Yeah, like I mean, like like Sam Raimi gets to flex a lot of what makes Sam Raimi good. There's a lot of like, not even in the horror stuff. There's a lot of like really interesting cinematography in this. That's that's just refreshing to see. These Marvel movies are kind of like universally really poorly and blandly shot. The audio is terrible. The the color grading is terrible. The visuals are terrible. But like this is the you you could tell that this was like I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know if like the studio executives fell asleep for a split second and an actual movie got to get made, but, but phenomenal. Well done. <laughs> and like, yeah, like I'm kind of grading on the Marvel curve right now. This is grading on the uh, Marvel Disney curve. You know, like if, if I compare Dr. Strange to like the rest of Sam Raimi's work, this is probably below the Spider-Man films for me. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's fair. Although in retrospect, I also think that the Spider-Man films are also better than a lot of Marvel movies. I completely agree with that. Um, but a couple of couple of standout moments, um, like stuff stuff where you just go, "Oh yeah, this is this is made by someone who actually seems to really enjoy making films." Um, <laughs> the 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 mu- musical note fight. Oh yeah, it was so fun. Which is fun. legitimately was entertaining. Yeah, yeah. A, a legitimately like fun, goofy moment um, where you go, "Oh, okay, I get it." Um, the uh, Wanda's emergence from the re- the the water from the reflective surfaces, which is yes, shot like um, like the ring, and it's great. Uh, there are a couple of really fun uh, jump scares in there as well. Um, where you go, oh yeah, okay, this is made by someone who knows how horror movies work. Yeah, oh yeah, completely. Like, like it's so refreshing to see. Like, like these these are ostensibly genre movies, and it's so good to see the actual presence of genre in them, and not just this like incredibly formulaic and bland CGI laden action films. Um, and I think that's that's what adds to a lot of the freshness. Yeah, it just here. it just like. I, I I think that like Sam, Sam Raimi enjoys making like uh genre genre picks. You know, he likes making a genre he doesn't he wouldn't call he calls them pictures, right? That's what that's how I think of him. He's like an old time movie guy. Uh <laughs> which I kind of think is really endearing, you know, because he, he cut his teeth in the eighties, just like n- knocking about with his friends, doing things that they thought would look cool. 
And it, in a way, there's a lot of that is still there. It's, you know, there was, there was some kind of fun camera choices. Uh, and also the plot wasn't just complete nonsense. <laughs> and, 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 and like that, that's the thing too, where, where it's like, this is kind of what we're dealing with when we kind of like do critical analysis of these MCU movies where it's like, it wasn't just complete nonsense is the it's the positive thing right this is the step up that we have to take you know like and i think like this the, one of the things that really shocks me in this one is like martin scorsese's comment you, you know it, it perhaps a little oversimplified right the marvel movies aren't art but but they are made first and foremost as products right they're on the same level as transformers these are vehicles for making money for a board of directors and shareholders uh this doctor strange movie was the first one that you know it still is that it still fits into that but it doesn't feel entirely subservient to the brand uh, yeah it feels like it's made by someone who who is aware of what they're doing and is not trying to the weird thing is that people kind of respond to scorsese's comment in very revealing ways a lot of people go yeah he's right because he because he is obviously <laughs> uh but a lot of people also go, no, you can't say that. They're, they're just as good. Or Marvel movies are art. And then you have this film, which is clearly made by people who go, no, of course they're not. It doesn't mean they can't be fun. The the whole is it or is not art is kind of like a pointless conversation because, you know, like art art is like the the most pliable and plastic signifier possible. You know, like every, anything and everything is art. Art is contextually dependent. Then, you know, shrug, that's kind of it. Art's whatever we say art is. It, but but the thing is like you, what kind of movie is this? What what is it trying to do? Under what can, material conditions was it made? How does it intersect and interact with the material conditions of our world? Like that's that's the spice. That's the interesting stuff. And, and a lot of the MCU intersects on the level of a a very long commercial for an extended range of products. Uh, yes, and I think I actually again I think what makes this one better is that it's a plot which is driven by. Um, actual comprehend comprehensible human motives like yes I I, yep. I I will freely admit i don't i don't follow the mcu i've not seen loads of them i haven't seen any for a very long time um and find them profoundly uninteresting mostly because they seem to be like oh no the the the, the guy from space is, is 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 bad and we need the u.s air force or the cia to come help us stop him mm -hmm. Um, that's that's what they seem to be doing. But this is actually uh, a film that seems interested in uh, very very human and very uh, very comprehensible uh, motivations. Like they're not yeah, they're not absolutely. they're not they're not complicated or it's not it's not particularly sophisticated. But it's 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 clear. It makes sense and it's executed really well. A little oversimplified, you know, you know, Wanda's character is definitely more than a little misogynistically depicted, I think, um, in, in terms of willing to destroy the universe to be a mom, which is on some levels relatable, but also when you compare that to like the grand scope of depicting women in media, meh, meh, meh. Yeah, I mean, this is... Got, this, got, got some problems. <laughs> this is what I mean when I say, like, it's it's a kind of a reiteration of the, the monstrous feminine joke. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, but actually uh, kind of salvages itself a little bit along the way by pointing out the massive hypocrisy of our supposed protagonist. I think, and I think that's the saving grace, right? That The fact that the, this movie recognizes that Doctor Strange is a manipulative, self-centered asshole... 
and and on the grand scheme of things, what he wants and does is not fundamentally materially different from what Scarlet Witch wants and does. You know, they're the same. It's just perspective that kind of shifts who's the baddie here. And I think that that that's what gives this movie a lot of legs right it it doesn't it doesn't quick it it doesn't have to rely on like a really oversimplified like like the the arguments that that the MCU movies have made for Thanos being a bad guy are like really oversimplified really disconnected from material realities really moralizing and the, this movie kind of sheds that weight and and actually lets us explore the space of these characters, right? It has yeah. something that's engaging. Well, the worst the worst thing is is like the motivations for someone like Thanos, for example, are so badly done that you have people who watch the story and the way it's framed and go, actually, no, Thanos was right. Yes, and, and like and like here's the thing too is that like like Th- Thanos has some very clear Malthusian like fascist politics. You know, the, the dictator of the universe has to do mass universe genocide because we've ran out of Lebensraum. And no one in the movie really fights that. Everyone in the movie is just more like, you can't hurt my friends, which on a baseline is very valid, but it completely misses actually engaging and kind of overcoming Thanos' terrible reasoning, it, which is a way of allowing people to go like, oh yeah, Thanos was right about what he did. You know, because the, the, the superheroes themselves aren't concerned with those arguments. They're not concerned with Thanos being wrong or right. Yeah, exactly. But... But but we're getting we're getting a little we're getting a little far afield here, right? So so let's or by far afield, I mean we're like I don't know we're like summing Marvel discourse down to a single thing. But one thing I will say is that like and like like this is something that like you know like Zizek's comments, right? You know like we're all eating from the trash can. You know the ideology is everywhere. There is no escaping it. There is no turning away from it. And like I've seen every MCU movie. There's there's really not been a lot to talk about. <laughs> In any of these, um, besides the Venom movies, have some fun stuff, some interesting things in them in terms, like in terms of Venom and um, Ed Hardy's character and their interactions. But you know, it's good. It's good to still grapple with these. It's good to have discourse about them. It's good to try and find a way through these films because I think the the impulse to dismiss them outright, right? The impulse because, like, I, I will say that Martin Scorsese is wrong in how far he goes to oversimplify. Because to just outright dismiss these films is is to to kind of seed cultural ground, you know. For the same reason that we we talk about horror movies from a critical perspective that uses historical materialism and a lot of left political theory, you could do the same thing with Marvel movies. You know, you could do the equivalent of our show with the MCU and DCU and and kind of all that related media. Well, yeah, but then I think you would have to reckon with the fact that they are. Uh that maybe Adorno was right about mass culture. <laughs> you would have a much harder job than we do, yes. <laughs> I think I think I think um I think Scorsese is uh right to well, in, in a way, I I feel like Scorsese's claim is one often over exaggerated, two, the kind of main point of it is sort of deliberately missed. Uh, and yes. three, th- mm-hmm. three in a way is quite old-fashioned because it's sort of like there's something kind of endearing about the idea that there is in some way any kind of like independent autonomous arts that exists anymore yeah um and you go i wish that was the case i, w- I wish that was the case um but i don't know if it is um and i think 
I, truthfully, I don't. I don't think as a as a film, this is particularly interesting beyond certain certain kind of character moments in it. But I think what this the responses to this film are quite interesting, where people go, "Oh, uh, you know, was it too scary for a Marvel movie or sort of things like that?" And I'm like, "That says an awful lot." That it's. I think the, the the discourse around the film actually reveals more about the conditions of like popular culture than the film itself, if you know what I mean. And this is similarity number one that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness has to Midsummer. In that it's a film that I generally think, ah, sure, it's okay. Might not watch it twice, but the discourse around it is is sometimes maddening and kind of kind of forces. It's compelling me inward. You know, it's compelling me to go see it. How people talk about this thing, people saying that this movie needs an R rating, and that this is the first horror movie in Marvel. When it's like, okay, there are horror elements in this film, and it definitely like you know. To, to get Deridian, like it does intersect with the genre of horror at, at several points, but I think if you shelved this next to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that might be a misplay. I mean, uh, I I think it's clear. Like I think it's very revealing that this has been taken as like this is this is Raimi clearly being held on a very tight leash. Uh, you know, there's lots of like there's lots of like very quick cutaways when they do try and introduce some like a kind of jump scare and like a corpse disintegrating. You know that we cut away from that super quickly, um, mm-hmm. because I think to introduce the concept of horror would would be in in a way to kind of fracture the ideological structure of what a superhero film is for. Right on the ideological level, you you're not supposed to have to deal with yep. the real. Right, the real is the, is what the superhero kind of stitches over and kind of holds together the ontological field without dealing with... But horror is a kind of in-breaking of the real. So you can't have that, because otherwise you you underscore the ways in which superheroes can't do things. You you only need to look at the way that um, a lot of um, comics responded to September 11th, right? Mm-hmm. Where they even had, like, villains appearing teary-eyed at, at, at ground zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. P- people whose entire and entire CV... Is just at times they've attempted to destroy the entire planet with a big bomb. Yeah, totally. T- tearing up. And it's like, okay, that's... In a, I see what we're doing on a metatextual level here. However, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> yeah, in, in a way, you can't really have a, a a superhero movie that's also a horror movie. Because if you made a horror movie, you necessarily have to have someone who's an anti-hero. Um, which is why... Uh, honestly, maybe maybe the kind of closest thing to this is Constantine. Uh, the Keanu Reeves film. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's Constantine, you know, and there's like Guillermo del Toro's Lost, or not Lost, but but the fact that there was going to be a uh, dark Justice League with Guillermo del Toro, but that that never got off the ground. You know, I, I think superheroes and horror aren't inherently in conflict, but I think that the way that superheroes have emerged into contemporary cinema makes them inherently in conflict. Yeah. I, I, Cause fair, you fair enough. I, w- I was being a little, yeah. bit, I was being a little bit strong. I think in the current version of the MCU. Yes, absolutely. They've made it almost impossible. And and I think, I, I think this is largely because the, the current version of the MCU and, and the DCU it's, it's not to create a compelling, it's not to, it's not to like explore cinema you know, a, a, as an art form and create art that is entertaining and has meaning, right? It's it's to create value for shareholders. It's to create a new IP 
that you can cash in by creating this new successful like quote-unquote cinematic universe with tons of tie-ins and toys and you get your own theme park you know like like it's it's a license to print money if you do it right it's not a way to kind of explore the human condition through a visual medium yeah totally and and horror and horror at its best is about is is not just about the aesthetics right it's about disempowerment and that using that disempowerment as a way of exploring kind of human nature what does it mean to survive something right that's a kind of horrifying question and i'm i was sort of like there are moments where the film could have gotten close to that which is like my favorite one of my favorite moments in the film is like john krasinski getting turned into like meat spaghetti yes yep which is one really funny and done and happens so quickly uh and it could it's a it, there's a there's something in that of like hero heroes being just pushed aside as if they're nothing that's a kind of there's a there's something cool there that you can kind of dig into this idea of like disempowerment even for those who are supposed to be the most powerful but the film i don't think is ever really allowed to go there no no it's 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 you know sam raimi is one of those directors where you can hire him and he'll make the movie that you need to make and it will be a sam raimi flavored movie and it will get done and I, I think you you can see the inherent tension within this, right? Like, it's definitely struggling against the boundaries of like the the hashtag MCU, because you you still get the obligatory after credit scene where like people are going to be you know googling who that was and what that means, and there's you know you can get all the articles where it's like twenty twenty nine Easter eggs you missed during the movie you know like you still you still get the same kind of like like this movie still has to carry the weight of all of that stuff around that that stuff that implicitly does not add anything to the movie itself and only exists to to tie it into the other movies and like oh it, did you did you miss did, did you not understand that that joke that reference that they made about everyone turning to dust well then you need to go back and you need to watch these four other movies in this tv show do you not know about the whole WandaVision thing? Well, then you need to go buy a subscription to Disney Plus, watch the entire WandaVision TV series, and then you can rewatch this movie by buying it on your favorite streaming platform or DVD in order to get the full context, right? Like this movie is stuffed with so much advertising. And I think that this is what Scorsese's comment makes me think about. It's, it's that art often has a purpose of exploration, right? Like, like like there, there's 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 something like the spirit of the sailor is in the artist you know like you see the horizon and you wonder what's beyond that you see the horizon of human experience and you wonder how you can get someone there and then you've got advertising which can, can be artistic and can use art but the point is to get someone to buy a new watch yeah totally. or a new shampoo or a new car and this the point of a lot of this movie is to get someone to buy a disney plus subscription so they can go watch wandavision yeah, totally. Uh, and it's like Scorsese is at, at, at the very worst, mostly correct. Uh, <laughs> yes. Right. That's I, if I'm being very if I'm being very harsh on what he said. He's mo- he's mostly right. Uh, they're they're not they're not they're great. They they as he put it, they're incredibly well made entertainment. Right. But that but they're not they're not as he put it, they're not cinema. Uh, and people went, oh, he's just jealous. Or, or they went, yes, they are all along. And this, as I say, I think Raimi looked at this idea and went, no, it's not. It's just entertainment. But I'm going to make a really entertaining film. <laughs> and But it is, so like, it, is, oh, on, it is so constrained by like 
forcing itself to kind of set up everything else um, and point back to everything else that there is, there is, I mean, I honestly, this should have been scarier. This should have been more violent. Um, This idea. There should have been parts of this that should have been incomprehensible. Yeah. This idea of like crossing dimensions or crossing into different universes is, is cool. But once again, you have Marvel cinematic realism, which is like, no matter how strange and how unusual and how kind of mind expanding the place you go is, it always ends up being roughly analogous to where you were already from. Yeah. The difference is now you have a silly haircut. It, yeah. You know, like, yeah, like a- you get a new haircut when you go to a, a, in a, you go to a space dimension where, uh, you know, everyone is a frog, but you're still the same and you've got a new haircut. Yeah, it's like and, and it's think, like this idea of like genuinely, genuinely thinking through and taking the the, the the idea seriously. That would have been cool, but instead we get the line that genuinely made me laugh out loud was where uh, Strange says says verbatim, "America, you need to believe in your power." It was like, "Yep, oh geez, <laughs> this is oh ooh ah, <laughs> ooh, we're just we're just saying it now." <laughs> And like, and I think that character is really an important for vehicle of discussion here, right? Because we need to talk about America's parents. Mm-hmm. Like, America's parents are a, a lesbian couple, but this this is not any. This it doesn't mean anything in the movie, right? Like, you know, there there's some people beating a drum of like queer representation in this film, but again, if you can if you can cut out one second of dialogue in your movie, it doesn't have queer representation. The way the way they frame those two women, you know, like when you ship this over to a foreign market that, that perhaps is more hostile to a queer audience than ours even is, you could just change you could just change the dub on that dialogue to make it like, oh, my two best friends from college. I wish I could see you again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My, my two aunts, my my two platonic neighbors who I grew up with, you know, like like or you could just cut it out, you know, or you could just green screen in a man and a woman. You know, like it, it not actually in the movie. It's just a thing in the background. Just like you could you could edit out all those CGI cars and replace them with horse and buggy and like just snap your fingers and wish it away like Thanos. Um, and, and I think that speaks to a larger problem here. Right. Because like when you're when you're falling through the multiverses, it speaks to a limitation here. A lot of the older Doctor Strange comics are like dealing with psychedelia. They're dealing with the breakdown of the known and the real. They're on the edge of what makes sense. Like, I like comic book Doctor Strange a lot because he'll say things like, by the ruby rings of Xandor, you can't be here. Like, weird wizard stuff. And this Doctor Strange is the most boring. Oh, yeah. Banal. Like, like this is, this is, he's not Doctor Strange. He's like, he's got the, he's got the m- mystical insight of an accountant. You know, like, like the, this man has been flattened by the world. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, he like he's originally like classic Silver Age hero created by Steve Ditko. Um, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, totally was supposed to be this kind of mystic, this like someone someone weird and, you know, a cult. But it's it's like all of that has kind of been sanded off. Um, which is why I was sort of like, this needed to, this needed to be weirder. It needed to be a lot more frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we could be talking about like the first, first kind of good horror movie, um, uh, of, of the, of the current MCU. Um, but yeah, there's so much, so much that's missing from this, but, but what makes it is they gave it to someone who knows what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, it's, I wouldn't be surprised to learn down the road that this one had like because Sam Raimi is a consummate working director with a proven track record. I, I wouldn't be shocked if the suits were more hands off for this one because a lot of these MCU and Star Wars movie they hire relatively green directors, mm. directors with like one or two big movies under their belts, and then they give them a hundred million dollar superhero movie, and and the suits just just run run over those people and use them like a puppet. And it causes a lot of problems and a lot of breakdown in these movies and a lot of the the weird struggles that you see intra these films. And I wouldn't be shocked at all to learn that they're like, oh, we're hiring Sam Raimi. He's already got a proven track record with superhero films. Let's just give him this damn thing and walk away. Yeah, I, I get the feeling that this is quite heavily edited down um, because even though it's too long, some of the pacing in this feels quite strange. <laughs> mm-hmm. But also... <laughs> Whoa. But also there are like just some nice kind of like slightly goofy touches, which like uh, strange astral projecting into his own corpse. Uh, that was cool. <laughs> like I, I, I enjoyed that conceptually a lot. Um, I, but I think I think if you are going to do like a, a, a super, super cheesy, a crin- almost cringeworthy moment of comic sincerity where you go, the the real secret was you could believe in yourself all along. Uh, do it with Benedict Cumberbatch possessing his own dead body as a way of like undercutting it a little bit. And see, see, like I, I loved that as like a metaphor for where superhero cinema is, because like the genre has been so dead for the longest time now, because it's just that scene repeating over and over again. It's just some CG, half CGI superhero guy saying, oh, the power's always been in you. You need to believe in yourself. You need to buy a weekend summer pass at Disney's Marvel Retreat, and then you'll unlock the power of friendship. And, and to, have, to have the corpse of some random superhero saying that to some frightened teenager is just fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, this is what uh, Kyle talks about all the time, right? This idea of, like, um, it kind of in, in neoliberal fascism is this, like, Yep. you've got it's it's within you uh you can unlock you can unlock the kind of self as long as you just try hard and believe um and i i agree i i i very much enjoyed having it delivered by literally a decomposing corpse as a reminder right. as a reminder of where all of this is going to go and, and the thing the thing that i really enjoyed about that sequence too and i think like and again, like, like, don't don't take this as me giving this movie false praise, you know, like C minus overall, but like C minus for Marvel movies is pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah. It- <laughs> what I will say about like, so we, so we get that sequence, right, where Doctor Strange's corpse tells tells America to look inside of herself, you know, and then and then you can find your hidden whatever, blah blah blah. And then it's like, you know, like in, in the course of all the Marvel movies, what would happen is she would go Super Saiyan, start glowing with terrible CGI, and then, and then you know, rip, rip a big CGI spaceman in half or some garbage. But like the, the way that this ends by, by forcing the Scarlet Witch to confront one of her extra dimensional selves that has what she already wants, which is to just have her kids and have a nice quiet family life, to, to force her to face that. And, and, and like the the resolution of this movie isn't through violence; it's through reaching people on a human level and talking about your feelings. And I thought that that was like, 
you know, a little, a little hammy, a little, a little clumsy in terms of the delivery, but like for where we're at in superhero movies with how just, just kind of like hollow and violent they all are to have a, to have a conflict end with people hugging it out. Uh, pretty, pretty refreshing. Well, I, I agree, but I also want to offer a kind of another way of looking at it, which is like, mm-hmm. The multiverse is a great way of enforcing political uh, yes. quietism. Because, like, mm-hmm. literally the whole point is like, well, I think that in another universe, things could be, th- things might be better, but I'm just grateful that I'm here. And it's like, no, that's a, that's a terrible political message. You know, this idea of, like, this, I think that's that's almost literally what, what Wong says right at the end, you know? Yep. You know, I just try and be grateful for what I've got. And it's like that's that's like mindfulness as neoliberal political quietism, right? You should you should not be grateful for what you've got. You should be you should be angry and and active in correcting how little you've been given, and be prepared to take what you deserve. Uh, but this works this works in the Marvel universe because you can just go well in another universe, but that's not where you are, is it? So maybe you should just mm-hmm. be, maybe you should just be grateful. Uh, and be happy that you you live here in what is categorically not the best of all possible worlds. <laughs> yeah, why fight to change anything? You know, we're we're in the suffering universe, so it only makes sense that we continue to suffer. Yeah. So so and you know the 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 better universe you can't get to ever because if you try, that means you've gone mad with power and uh, you need to have your head exploded by <laughs> by the space police. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that, I think, is th- that's one of the things that I, that I think is really telling, right? Because th- th- I think there's another way to read Wanda, Scarlet Witch's Desire, right? Because we, we could read this as kind of like your standard misogynistic, like even the most powerful being in existence just wants to have her kids and like, but but I, I, th- I think about that and uh, there, there there is this kind of like, we're, we're in a moment where like, you know, it's it's very hard to like think about settling down and buying a house and starting a family or like any of that stuff, right? You, you, you've got, you've got major world governments riding, riding a slip and slide into fascism. You've got the environment turning to dust as if, as if some purple CGI man's got a cool wristwatch and snapped his fingers. You know, you, you've got uh, inflation now in the news. You, you've got all these fun things going on. And, and like, you know, just wanting things to be quiet for a second is an interesting thing to explore. Mm. But I think I think that the, the one of the fundamental problems here is that so we have a scene in this movie that I think is like super, super revealing. Right. Where Doctor Strange is flipping through dimensions and then they land in a dimension that seems to be pretty legit. But it's actually like ruled by a fascist council of superheroes who have an army of Ultron cops who enforce their iron will. And and they're willing to to you know unilaterally execute people who step outside of their boundaries, right? They're willing to imprison children who kind of crash land on their shores, which should sound darkly familiar. And they're not really portrayed as villains, you know. They're they're an obstacle for our protagonist, but not because of what they do, just because of temporarily inconveniencing our heroes. And this speaks, I think, to a greater limitation of the imagination inside of these MCU movies. Where they they cannot grapple with where the world is at right now because that would be a threat to the profit margin of the stakeholders. Uh, yeah, yeah, 
I mean, again, I think I feel like we're grading on a curve here, but it's <laughs> a little bit. It's it's not it's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, like you know, I I would never tell you to exchange your hard earned money for a ticket, but see this movie if you can, because uh, yes, yeah, it's man, uh, you know. If you literally have nothing better to do. <laughs> this certainly was a Sam Raimi movie. If you're, tra- if you're trying to complete your Sam Raimi run and, and you've seen the barely watchable proof of concept for Evil Dead um, and everything else, then by all means, go, go punch your punch card. Uh, That's why I went. <laughs> I will I will say that this is this is this is the crime wave of Sam Raimi MCU movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Well we're already we've already gone a little long for mini episode length as we are wont to do. Are there any other uh multiverse of comments that you would like to make about uh Doctor Strange? Uh let 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 Raimi make it weirder next time. It should have been weirder. It should have been a lot weirder. It should have been a lot darker. But this is what we got, and what we got is uh, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I'll go out on saying that one first and foremost, uh, we shouldn't be calling him Doctor Strange because his PhD is in medicine, right? He he is a doctor of medicine, uh, and now he is a wizard, right? And in order to be a doctor in this new field, he would have to earn a doctorate in like metaphysics or history or something, right? Like he's 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 trading so much on errors from a previous career it's a little tiring yeah strange i I will call him dr strange when i read his thesis on uh madame blavatsky and 19th (laughs) and 19th century occult politics but until then steven yeah uh undergraduate student strange um and the the multiverse of trying to get into a graduate program in metaphysics i am i would much rather watch that movie But thank you, everyone, for joining us at the first and most likely only time we'll be covering an MCU film. Yeah, we're not doing this again. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. But I mean, like, overall, like, critical appraisal of these movies is challenging because first and foremost, they are just just ways to get you to buy into more Disney products in a way that, like, even, even the most junk horror movie... You know, like even even Saw Thirty Seven, the quest for more Saw, is is going to contain fewer nods to toys that you can buy, and I think that it poses challenges for the film critic who's attempting to honestly engage with art rather than, God, I don't know, doing like, oh, in the beginning of Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, when he fights Shuma Gorath, technically that's not Shuma Gorath, that's actually this other guy, because if it was, then like you know, like I, I'm I'm already yeah. I mean, my mind I just, turning into a Funko Pop in real time. I think what we've proven then conclusively is that the Saw franchise is more artistically worthwhile than all of the MCU. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm gonna be really. I'm gonna be really honest. Saw's. F- okay. So. So here's here's my Saw slash MCU cinematic universe ranking. Uh, Saw one, two, and three, and then Doctor Strange probably thor ragnarok because i feel like that movie if it would have been spooky would have also would have probably been the first uh mcu film we would have talked about just because of the discourse in there about anti-colonialism and how it tries to struggle in that space is fairly interesting uh oh my god i really like oh no 
I'm sorry, we're not doing this. I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm no, not weighing no. the sins of Saw and MCU <laughs> and trying to find which one of them passes through the eye of the needle. They both go to hell. They both go to movie hell. They have. They have to work off their their cinema sins in purgatory. A thousand doorbell dings go here. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed the dread discourse. Until next week, stay spooky.